Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to the Valley Wiggy Show by US Sport. Joined by Matt Stevens. Matt, how are you? I'm all right. I'm in the back of the car. You're in the front. Pete's in the left hand side. What's wrong today, stays in, Matt? Uh, that was. <laughs> <laughs> well, you try to do the pod quicker. The intro no, quicker than yesterday. Let's leave that in. Right. Today yeah. stays, Matt. Plans to Belfi. Super wow. Belfi. Yeah. Um, stage seven of the Tour de France. Uh, what do you make of it, Matthew? Um, well, again, it was super quick. Um, we had a pretty solid break up the road. And it was heartbreak, wasn't it, for one rider, Lennox Camner? Oh, was it heartbreak? Yes, it was. Because he I got didn't, caught with yeah, 50 minutes to go. So I would say that's heartbreak, Brad. Well, I thought he was. I thought they were always going to get caught at some point. Yeah, but he didn't because he believed, didn't he, in himself? And that was. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but I tell you what, it was it was spectacular watching it, was. it wasn't it? It, it was a proper. Describe just Matt where we watched the last 400 meters. Well, we were roundabout. 800 metres to go, weren't we? Yes. We're just on the corner where it kicks up the super planche de Belfi, um, where it goes very, very steep. Uh, we're on this corner with a lot of gendarmes, with a lot of press. Multinational we're, audience. Yeah, we? we were watching um, a little television screen under a gazebo, um, and we saw the result there. And you could see the riders filing past us as well. Um, so it was enormously atmospheric, glorious, sunny, hot day. And it, it was... You were saying it in the restaurant a minute ago, Brad. I think we're now, we're properly in the flow of this Tour de France. Yeah. And, it, and it felt like, not to take anything away from the from Denmark or the last few stages, but it properly feels like we're in the race. And today was, what a spectacular finale. It really was a race for the ages. Jonas Vingegaard yeah. really put it to Tadej Pogacar, didn't he? He did. He did. But do you know what? That was where the excitement came. It wasn't so much Pogacar's win. It was more the, the gapping of Pogacar by Vingegaard. Yeah. I think that's where everyone around us all went, <gasps> Yeah. Because it was like, God, have we actually got a race on our hands this year? I think we have. In the mountains, you know, and as, as strong and as much as I've been singing to Pogacar's praises that the tour's over and that, I don't think it's going to be as easy as maybe last year was. So, um it's going to be a great race when Vindegaard and those guys get into the high mountains. Rolich was actually good today. Yeah. I think this, do you know what I actually thought today? It's going to be quite good for the likes of Geraint Thomas and Rolich. Almost. See, there's your top four for me. Rolich, Vindegaard, Geraint, and of course, Pogacar. Yeah. In, in obviously any order. But um, I reckon, you know, the elder statesman, Rolich and Thomas, can almost hide a little bit or they can have... What's the right way of putting it? So you've got that battle between Vingegaard and and um, Pogacar. And those two, because we're so focused on them, almost like, as we saw with Geraint today, without that pressure being on him, has ridden himself into third place overall. Yeah. Um, and, and Rolich as well, I think it'd be the first tour that he's not had the, that sort of leader's mantle on his shoulder. It's almost been do- took, it, took off him, um, you know, without unintentionally really with the crashes he had the other day but he was right there to the fore today yeah he was and without that pressure as the big leader because everyone's focused on Rolich and 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 Pogacar he could have his best tour that he's ever had yeah it's I mean yeah Pogacar won didn't he same time as Vingegaard then he had Roglic third 
Kemner held on for a very, you know, a very brave, bold fourth place, and then he had Geraint Thomas. And so the overall, when you look at it, just to finish off your point there, Brad, uh, Pogacar, it's pretty tight still. Vingigo only 35 seconds behind. Then Geraint, as you said. 110, we, is he? Yeah, he's at exactly 110. Adam Yates, 118. Yeah. David Godou, of course, we saw Thibaut Pino drop away. Great to see the amount of support for Thibaut Pino on the roads. But he got detached pretty early on the climb, yeah, didn't yeah. he? Pulled the pin. And I think he'll be an important lieutenant for Godou, but I think he might have an opportunity for a bit of freedom to focus on a stage win, to Maybe, be perfectly yeah, honest with yeah. you. And then you've got uh, Roman Bardet battling away. He looked really good, looked really sharp in sixth. And then Tom Pidcock, seventh. What a ride by the youngster from Yorkshire. I went 135. Yeah. He's, he's been he was hanging right on the back. He's wearing the white jersey. A lot of people forgot about him today, but he's wearing the white jersey, keeping that warm for Pogaccia. But I think that's a sensational ride. Amazing. Would it be amazing if he could finish top 10 in his first Tour de France? Yeah. He's not going to be too far away, is he? No, I, I don't think so. I mean, it'll be, it's not exactly uncharted territory for him in terms of a Grand Tour. He rode the Vuelta last year, but a lot of people weirdly were disappointed with his performance but it's his first Grand Tour and when you look at the, the intensity of his season year. yeah yeah but yeah. he was coming off the back of that Olympic win in the mountain bike yeah and then a, you know, a cross season a really strong classic season and then and then the Vuelta and people are disappointed that he's not getting up this like give the guy a chance but Whoa. he's really ridden him well isn't he and he's then, amazing and then rounding out the top 10 and just sticking to the Ineos thing because I think it's a fascinating one this isn't about bias this is about they've got four riders Brad in the top 10 Danny Martinez mm. is sitting in 10th at 155 just behind Enric Mass and Nielsen Paulus they're having so, their best tour for a, lo- yeah. a long long time now aren't they yeah um, but I'm really really pleased for Groin I think it's um, it's great that he's up there he's come through unscathed and he's in a great position now to knock on isn't he yeah he's pretty I think he's He's riding really confidently, isn't he? He's, yeah. looking, he's, been, he's never looked in too much difficulty. But one one point I want to not pick up on, just tackle you on, Brad, was the f- we were talking just before we did our little bit to cameras, the riders yeah. were still rolling past. And you were saying that maybe a few years ago, um, we would, we'd have seen yeah. um, Taddy Pogaccia give that to Vingigo, perhaps, or even, or even just let Kemner take the win. But there was no... Nothing was given. There's no gifts at all. To coin the Armstrong phrase mm. nearly 20 years ago now, yeah. there's no gifts. That was an all-out war, wasn't it, on that climb? Yeah, I mean, it's just... Um, there was always a gentleman's agreement or an unwritten gentleman's agreement that you're in the yellow jersey, you don't win the stage, or if you're about to take the yellow jersey, you don't win the stage, you know? And I think um, that that I've noticed more than ever has gone out the window now, really. That, that, that sort of... I mean, not that it should be an unwritten rule. I, I'm not saying for one minute that that should be the case. I think that's what cycling is about it's about trying to win and you know and I think it's it's almost but I'm stuck in that I'm stuck in that sort of um, past it a little bit of I haven't I haven't reset or recalibrated for what what goes on now really but the more I see it now the more I think you know it, it, I, I've noticed that that happens a lot more now that it's winner takes all and there's no sort of gifts in cycling now and we saw it with Nielsen Paulus the other day when he attacked on that run into Roubaix yet he was about to take the jersey you know and in the past when we saw the likes of Sean Yates taking the yellow jersey back in 94 he drove the race to the finish yeah. knowing he was going to take yellow and the others contest the, the, the sprint for the stage really so that that that's part of cycling that's changed and maybe for the better you know I'm not for one minute saying that it's it's a bad thing but the likes of Rolic uh, sorry the likes of Pogacar and that you know just winning yesterday and then just going doing everything possible it would have been so easy for him to just close the gap to Vingegaard 
and stay on the wheel and let him take the win almost to give them something so it sort of sim- simmers them down a bit into the second and third week that they've got something I, but yeah. I don't think that 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 enters his mind no. uh, um, Pogacar I think he's just you know he's such a racer and if anything now the you know that that disillusionment that Vingegaard will have of him coming over the top if you like and you know how can we beat this guy it's the fear factor that he's putting amongst everyone else in the peloton now it's great yeah he's riding in a I put the question to him you're almost it's cannibalistic in the way that you're, yeah. you're riding I, this I saw race that on the telly, man. But, but he did say that he um, today I said do you want to win every stage in the mountains and he said well this stage was particularly important because there was a, a charitable side to it I think he was riding in some special shoes that yeah. they're going to raise some money for cancer research and, and a charity that's close to Taddy Pogacar and a couple of his, his friends hearts and it's important that he won that one but I also think when you look at when Vigago gapped yeah. gapped him uh, the few a few was thinking whoa okay because the acceleration was so violent that the, the person to my right in the mix zone asked Taddy could you not respond because you you missed your gears? He said no. It was just so so strong. He, yeah, he, I he, saw he, that. So he had to winch his way back. So, and I think in that situation, that was man against man. It was basically I'm I'm going to show you. I think I'm the strongest. And he managed to wait, to bring him back, but to give him the victory then yeah. um, would have been giving too much to him. But, but also, I think Vingigo can take a lot from that because it shows that Pogacar fears him. I think it, that bringing him back and rolling him on the line is actually a mark of respect. Rather than, I think it's less respectful to give somebody the stage because it, yeah. it's like, I'm giving you that because I'm more superior than you. But yeah. no, no, I'm going to fight you to the very line here because I'm, I'm afraid of you. And I don't know how mm. this Tour de France is going to end up. Look at poor old Roglic the other day, lost two and a half minutes. Yeah. You, you know the sport, what it's like, Brad. It can turn on a sixpence. It can. A touch of wheels, you're down, and then the race has changed. So it, a 10 second, another four seconds time bonus for Tadej Pogacar as well as that stage win that he wanted is important and I think what it means to, what it suggests strongly is that he really really respects Vingigo and, and again he said on in the interviews that he thinks Vingigo is the best climber in the world yeah uh, so I think there's a lot of res- respect between those two but when there's respect you don't give anybody a win if you're just going to go to the line and try and beat them yeah uh, and I, I really love that um, but it, it was interesting I, I don't know if you've looked at a lot of social media today after the there was a lot of people saying Tade has not is not going to have won a lot of friends. I don't know. I, I don't is that, think is that's that what he said? Was it? Yeah, a few, a few people were just saying. I, th- I don't think Tade is going to win a lot of friends by riding in the way he did. I think. Well, no, he's the strongest rider in the race. He's yeah, got great but that, form. But that was my initial thought when I yeah. when it crossed, and I'm sort of stuck in the past from that point of view. Yeah. Uh, well, my tri- I'm stuck in my you know my like I said. Um, and initially when I watched it it was like oh, you know like it, it, and if he does that now for year after year, I mean it, it, people will naturally like anyone anyone who's dominating anything people will want to see I them get beat and totally there will be a dislike it. to them yeah so that's my only worry for him and it's 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 a natural thing for people that, yeah. that are dominant that take every little last crumb of success well Merckx um, did it didn't he no, yeah. it's, it's a very yeah. very different area but it was that was where the cannibal things come from but I, I think that's a really really it's an enormously valid point because you know Tadej Pogacar is young He's signed with UAE till I think it's 2026, maybe even 2027, mm. one of the longest contracts in the sport at the moment. And um, he is well respected, but yeah. there's going to be times in a race when UAE, for example, when he's in the judges, could bring a break back and he could win. Yeah. But there's also going to be times of like, lads, we need to 
let let another team win here. Not yeah. let them win, but we don't need to ride as hard. We can still do a GC battle, but the break can take the stage. Well, there was a... They're going to need to do that, and I'm sure they will. Yeah, there was a... Um, I didn't see the incident, but Doug, our producer, mentioned it to me during the stage. He wasn't sure quite what happened, but there was a shot where... Um, is it Woods was coming back from the break? Yeah. And as he came back, Luke Rowe said something to him, and then Woods rode back up to Luke Rowe, and then there was a bit of a chat going on. And I don't quite know whether it was um, all in, you know, something said in, in friendliness or what, but um, there was some sort of um, insinuation that maybe that Luke Rowe had said something to him, because apparently he, he was one of the uh, pr- producers to me on the, on the, on the years afterwards. Um, he was one of the last ones to attack and re- restarted the race again. Right. When he didn't need to get across the break. And so then when he came out of the break, there was some suggestion that maybe Luke Rowe had said something along the lines. Clearly, we're purely speculating here that, you know, well, that was worth it then, mate, you know. Right, OK. Um, so that obviously it goes back to what you're saying there, that you have to be careful that they're not kind of, you know... Um, forming too many enemies within the peloton I think there was I mean although UAE took up the slack again and, and, and chased when you look at the last 30k's there were a lot of teams Movistar were riding hard because Enric Mass is their GC guy he did a pretty solid ride as now inside the top 10 so they were riding and Ineos were riding as well um, more for getting I think everybody in position and I think they thought that Adam or that Geraint might, might have been able to win the stage but um yeah, I, I thought it was, uh, again, it was great riding. Good to see the, the riders like Simon Geschke, who's had a really problematic few uh, three years. He's a stage winner in the Tour back in 2016, a really likeable character in the peloton, and he got the best, um, the most aggressive rider, which I think was really deserved. But um, we like to see Brake succeeding, but on, on this occasion, I think there was a, a particular importance to Tali Pogacar, and that's why his team never let that break get too much and it was always going to come back although again hats off to mm. Bora uh, hats off uh, to Kemner because that was some ride yeah. uh, but interestingly just from a Bora perspective Kemner good ride fourth you know clearly an exceptionally gifted bike rider but Vlasov lost a fair bit of yeah, time he did, today, didn't he? which to me Brad was a big surprise yeah especially with how well he rode yesterday when he got back on having yeah. changed his bike yeah the other one today I was a bit surprised about was Jakob Forjang from Denmark yeah, yeah. Um, because apparently there was some talk that he was coming into this race in the, one of the best shape he's been in. Yeah. I heard Nicholas Roach say that on the um, on the world feed. Yeah, he was um, he was dropped from the. I think uh, Chris Froome finished in front. Of, I think I think uh, approximately without having the results to hand. I, I think that Fulgang lost five minutes, five five and a half minutes, and Chris Froome uh, lost about three and a half minutes. Yeah. Um, so not not a bad ride at all from the four-time champion. No. Um, and just yeah. Good to see him in, reason, in reasonable shape. But yeah, that's a surprise for Fulgersang. But again, I guess because they've already got that stage, stage win from Clarkey the other day, uh, Fulgersang, I think, is more than capable. And Woods of maybe just targeting another stage in the mountains now and really looking at and honing it and riding certain stages like, almost like a single day now. Yeah. Because I think their overall hopes are gone now. Yeah, I think you're right. Brad, so we've talked about today's stage, um, another cracking, well, back-to-back wins, of course, for the yellow jersey. But tomorrow, I think, mate, could be one where the break does succeed. Um, Dole to Lausanne, 186Ks, four categorised climbs, and a nasty little kick up to the finish. But looking at the profile, I'm just handing you my phone because we're driving in the car, it does look like a classic one for the break, doesn't it? Yeah, I think the break will probably, as it has gone every day, but I think tomorrow will be one that goes to the finish. We have a clear established GC now. I think everyone's had the first bites of the cherry this this week. And 
I think there'll be a big race to get in the break for the first hour. And then I think we could see something like a 15, 16 man break going and everyone being represented and happy and that going away to the finish. Um, because the day after that, of course, we contend we've got the stage to Chatel, which yeah. again is another tough finish, long climb at the finish. And then we've got a rest day, really. So tomorrow is another day where a little bit like yesterday, it could go either way. You know, it could have a um, a stage like we did to Longwe, where yeah, we raced for two hours flat out. Because obviously everyone knows that if a break goes, it will stage to finish. But then we, everyone could neutralise it. I mean, this tour, almost the rule book goes out the window. Yeah. And we just don't know what's going to happen each day at the moment. Yeah. It's, it's a tough one, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think I, I agree. I think tomorrow will be one for the break, Brad. I really do. Looking at the profile and also, like you say, looking at the stage afterwards could be could be another GC day. Um, that, although saying tomorrow, I think the actually I'm going to put stick my neck out. I think the break will stay away. Yeah. Um, but I still think that climb at the end it's a nasty one. You've got these. Um, it's a double. It's a climb about four or five k's long. Only averages seven percent. But within that is a descent and a section of twelve percent. Mm. And so we could see just a few seconds here and there being gained or lost by some of the GC contenders, just to give us a little bit more of an established GC ahead of the of the stage that you just talked about. Then we've got the rest day, and then we've got two of the most epic stages of the tour to come, haven't we? Are Do you cool? know what's interesting though, actually, Matt, mm. um, is for the likes of Fabio Jakobsen, Glenn Groenewegen, and these guys. I had a look through the book, and there's—I don't think there's another sprint stage till we get to Paris. Now, there's, I think there's what there's, there's maybe one, which is a heart, which is that's a maybe a one as yeah, well. No, no. T- I, I mean that, that's a tough tour, isn't it? Oh, totally. I think before we came to the, the tour, there was only six nailed-on sprint stages, um, and they're all they're primarily behind us. So yeah, it's it's now a battle of survival, especially for those contending for the green jersey. Although, uh, barring accidents. I think it's fair to say that Wartman Art has got that done and dusted with an unassailable yeah. lead. But you're quite right. They've now got a tough nine or ten days just to get through this race before there's another opportunity. Yeah. You're quite right. Yeah. Quick yop up there, Matt. Yep. So we stopped off in a in a big Leclerc today in a place in called Pussy. Pussy. In a place called Pussy. And you did you get your, your, your yop strategy right, Brad? Because I've got a yop and I'm going to have it in my, in my hotel room for a sort of late pudding because we've had a steak at a Buffalo yeah. Grill. I've just, t- you, I've just opened another one, actually, Matt. But, but you did... Was it a mistake? Because you had a yop. I had a litre of yop. Before your meal. So talk us through how that made you feel during the meal because you had carpaccio as well to get in the mix. Expl- I had, explain I had a litre of yop. Explain your thinking. I had a smoky carpaccio. Yep. And then I had a kilo of Cote de Boeuf. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of food. And a salad. Any, and a salad. And a, and, Two and Coke a, Zeros. And a, and a glass of wine. And a bread roll. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I've got in the car and opened another litre of yacht and I'm halfway through it. I think you might, I mean... I, no, I think I might be sick tonight. Or the world might fall out of my ass. <laughs> <laughs> that was a nice edit point there, wasn't it? <laughs> Just off the back of that, uh, we've had a lovely uh, transfer. It has been a lovely transfer off the, off the planche de Belfi. And, and on our transfers, we, we, we were just talking about how much we love Yop. Um, and Brad, you were more than happy with the ideas, especially uh, inspired perhaps by the likes of the Ian Durian, the Blockhead, Sleaford mods that we yeah. might produce. No, it's not. there's no might, is there? We will we produce are. a we Yop will. song by the end of the tour. By Parish, yes. Yeah. And, so um, how, 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 can you just explain to the listener what that might, what you envisage it being like? Very Sleaford mods. Ish. Yep. Um, sort of a fast beat track behind yep. it, um, or a knee injury. You know, reasons to be cheerful type track. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah I mean it's um, it's a bit like I don't know I mean there's, it, there's many there's many different forms it can take Matt yeah yeah something like that with a like yop, yop. strawberry yop. coconut peach music for the masses etc yeah. oh, we're kind of heading something down like that, that was just a sample that was, that was just, a sample, just an idea that was a rough working cut yeah <laughs> Thanks for listening. Cheers, all the best. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.